0: The OwlCast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. This
1: is the alumni edition. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our
0: international community of learners as we create the education of the future.
1: Here's John Papadakis. Welcome to another episode of the OwlCast. Today with us is Odysseus Digbassanis, class of 2019. Odysseus with studies in history, politics, and economics at Warwick University in the UK, was recently appointed as the Secretary for External Affairs of the Ecumenical Patriarchate of Constantinople. He tends to downplay his role, but it's not every day a 21-year-old young person gets this post, even on a volunteer basis. Our discussion quickly revolves into an analysis of education, the Ukraine and EU affairs, while offering sincere advice to his not-that-much younger peers. With Otisheznik Basanis today, we discuss the creativity and freedom to pursue your own interests as a tool to grow, trying to escape the traditional stodgy way of entering college through project-based learning, IB Extended Essay as preparation for the College Essay material. The importance of keeping an open itinerary for activities outside assignments during school. Keeping an open mind towards careers even when already in college. Not just study hard, study smart and the importance of keeping a balance between study and social life. Reflecting on the war in Ukraine, seeking a glimpse of optimism and the need For young people to step up in their respective fields and navigating the difficult landscape as the Secretary for External Affairs of the Ecumenical Patriarchate of Constantinople. Mm -hmm. Visiting the campus where you spend your high school years can be emotional and intriguing. Welcome back to ACIS Athens. Is this the first time you visit after you graduated in 2019?
0: Yes, yes, I think it has been. It's, it's really great to be back and uh, every, a lot of the things look the same, but a lot of the things look different, like this, uh, like this little nook here
1: at the back of the library. So although it is a different color now, hmm. you passed through the same gate. Hmm. How did that feel?
0: It's uh, really a transformative experience. It brings me back to the sort of most important years of, uh, of my early adulthood and late teens, I had just come back from, come from America uh, to Athens, and uh, this was really a great place to, to be sort of in my final years before moving into university. So it's really amazing to be back.
1: Mm-hmm. What, what kind of memories come back to you without any particular effort? <laughs> What's the first image or thought that come to mind when you think about ACS Athens? Just the, the creative ability of uh, everyone working here and
0: also the freedom that I had to, to explore my academic interests, my personal interests, and to to make great friendships. So it's really good to be back in that sense and to, to remember all those mm-hmm. moments.
1: Well, th- can you talk to us about your favorite teacher or subject, uh, you can be as little or as much diplomatic <laughs> as you want. Oh, well, now students
0: are not supposed <laughs> to have favorite teachers. Uh, but of course, you know, the names of uh, Dr. Nelson come up, now he's principal. From what I've heard, I just saw him uh, some minutes ago. He was great, uh, especially my first year here doing uh, combo studies with him. I remember having to uh, do a mock US election in his class, and uh, I was somehow picked to play Donald Trump, and he tells me he still remembers that. And uh, I don't quite remember who was Hillary Clinton, but uh, it was a lot of fun, and I remember dreading that. Did you, did
1: you do an impression of trump Yes,
0: i'm sure there's uh, some video floating around there somewhere uh of that of that I moment i might get uh my hands on it at some point yeah something something of it yeah you should you should it's it's valuable in a weird way and uh of course uh you know uh as an english teacher was truly inspirational sort of allowed me to explore literature in a way that i I hadn't really thought of before, and uh i really i think about him quite a bit actually when i when I'm studying uh or reading something and uh miss Dadido as well fantastic economics teacher economics uh which has come in very useful in my experience uh more recently in Brussels
1: mm-hmm. I remember very clearly the role you played as an attorney during the tenth grade truman trial oh, oh, oh. at the theater. Well, your public speaking skills were evident since then, but I don't remember whether your side won. Do you remember? Yes, I do. We won you won uh, and it was, it was you were prosecution Yes okay. yes. I remember that. Well, how did this role affect you during or after high school until today?
0: Well, uh when I did that, first of all, I had tremendous fun preparing for it and then actually uh taking part and it was sort of like a performance, but also sort of like a mock legal experience and i remember people then telling me oh you should you should go on to study law you should become a lawyer uh i think even my parents were saying you know maybe you should uh think about it but uh i stuck to my guns and and studied history and politics as well which is very closely related of mm-hmm. course to mm-hmm. the the whole idea behind the truman trial and uh over my time abroad i've realized how much of a unique experience that is i mean no other school really does that sort of thing. And uh, I remember at the time there was still the Napoleon trial running. I don't know if that's uh, still going on, but it was, it's, it's a really valuable experience for the, for the students who, who take it up and take it seriously in some way. I mean, especially if you, the students that are, that are lawyers, I mean, for such a young age to, to really experience how a general legal system works really
1: valuable. Mm -hmm. Well, um, since you're talking about this, how useful do you believe project-based learning is? I mean, secondary education is traditionally all about preparing for college. Uh, did the IB diploma you earned offer a different kind of challenge?
0: Look, the the IB diploma, of course, there was uh, a lot of studying and test prep involved about that because... Uh, at the end of the day, you have to take exams and and meet certain criteria that uh, if you're applying in the UK, you have to meet uh, the conditional offers. And I remember that was tremendously stressful. And there's no escape really from the traditional stodgy way of academic preparation. I think especially in the way that things are with colleges now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, project-based learning can really help sort of soften the blow, if you like, of having to sit and really get down into the nitty gritty of the academics. Um, in terms of the IB, I have to say that writing an extended essay or your IAs uh, or your, even your TOK essay really helped me prepare for university. I mean, I found myself in a position where I was pretty much ready to, to get going with the essays in first year, and especially my subject being Purely Mm essay-based is the best preparation, really.
1: Well, judging by your bio uh, and the activities you mentioned in it, you know, life in the academy was very busy. Mm. You received the Creativity Action Service Award CAS. You earned the Principal's Award for Outstanding Leadership. I don't know if you remember these things. But you were also involved in the Youth to Youth program for unaccompanied minor refugees as a student mentor. And let's not forget photography. Hmm. Okay, how important do you think is for students to keep an open itinerary for activities outside homework and assignments? I would say it's
0: superlative to homework and assignments uh, I mean it's incredibly important for students to to have something else to keep themselves busy with that they actually enjoy doing that they don't have to be prompted uh, to do so I mean from youth to youth being in contact with people from a totally different background uh, to us and uh, To have the opportunity to help them i think is the greatest of all and i read recently in gathy medini about some students who managed to go to to go go to to college yeah go to college that's amazing so congrats obviously to the whole acs athens community in that fantastic
1: so what was your favorite activity and how did this help uh, you in your path toward the university and to a very promising career oh you're too kind with that um but i I have to say that
0: um there are are many activities but uh i i gave my hand at trying to to start a a student newspaper at the time the acs athens observer observer yeah so that, was, that sort of inspired me to when I moved into the University of Warwick to get involved with a student
1: paper. It was an online newspaper, correct? It was an correct? online
0: newspaper, that's right. Very environmentally friendly in that sense. Uh, what was I, so appealing about this uh, project for you? Well, there was, there was the history of it. And also because in business speak, I mean, there was a gap in the market. Uh, there were several publications at the time covering student issues and news like Lancers illustrated, but there wasn't one sort of consolidated place where students could get experience to, to write and to to read about what the school is doing in a non sort of, from a non administrative standpoint. Mm -hmm, Um, so that's the most direct example of something that I tried to carry on at university. In first year, I was a deputy news editor of uh, Warwick's student newspaper, which ran: So you
1: carried on the journalistic uh, yeah, aspiration.
0: Yeah, a bit, yeah, a bit, for sure.
1: Well, after you graduated ACS Athens, you got admitted into Warwick, a very yeah. prestigious school. Um, how prepared did you feel when you started the classes there, but also college life? What skills proved to be valuable to you?
0: Well, from the academic side, um, I was lucky enough to to be admitted into a degree that I already knew that I was passionate about, so history and politics. So I had pretty much no worries academically speaking. I I went in with an open mind to try and figure out what I'm interested in, more specifically in that field. Uh, In terms of social life, um, I think when you go from high school to university, there are big changes that happen. Of course, you're living on your own. You have to learn to be more independent. And I think those are values that ACS can help foster and definitely help foster and help to foster in me. Uh, so I felt uh, totally prepared to go to the UK and to to start my academics.
1: Was there a time where you were not 100% sure whether this is a good choice for you as a topic of study I'm talking about? Mm, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, of course it, it never got close to to me changing changing fields, but I always had a nagging feeling in the back of my head that maybe I should do law thanks to thanks to the Truman trial experience. Well it's never too late, yeah, well <laughs> <laughs> maybe You're... you know theres something about advocating and and speaking publicly that that I really liked, and that's that's where I shifted my degree towards political science um so as to still keep that that element alive mm-hmm. but uh I think that's probably the most difficult choice that students either from ACS or from other schools need to make is what they're going to study in the UK. Unlike the U.S., of course, you have to have a degree decided upon. So that's very important. It's not
1: really easy to change. No, no. So here's your opportunity to offer real advice to those younger (laughs) than you, much younger. Uh, What should they look forward as they go through the academy? I mean, it should still be fresh in your mind. Uh, what are the biggest challenges they'll face and how can they get prepared mm. to overcome them? Is it study hard or is there something else also?
0: It's study hard, but uh, I think uh, Mr. Adido also used to tell us this, uh, study smart. I think uh, that's the most important thing you learn as you pass through the academy is to learn on what to focus on how and how to focus on on your academics. The biggest challenge, I think, comes from the shift from 10th grade, if you decide to go into IB, there's a big change in your academic life and it can often take chunks out of your social life as well. It happens to people who put in a lot of effort. And my advice would be not to panic or stress about that. And it's, of course, easier said than done. But uh, it's important that you listen to your heart about what you're interested in academically. And I know there's a wide variety of things you can choose to study here at ACS. and to to go with your gut. That's what I'd say. You are listening to the Alumni Edition of the ACS Athens OWLcast.
1: We face many concerns in the EU nowadays. The frighteningly close possibility of war with Russia and its implications for 40% of our natural gas supply staggering inflation and rises in the cost of living and an incoming debt crisis. This is what you wrote earlier this year (laughs) in a paper titled, 30 Years On, Black Wednesday, The Crisis Europe Forgot and What It Can Teach Us. What are your thoughts about the situation Europe and the world really is in right now? Are we any closer to feeling optimistic for the immediate future? And what should the young people look forward to as we all go through a bleak and uncertain situation? Well, um,
0: it was very kind of you to quote uh, something I had written. It sounded familiar, <laughs> but uh, I, I'd, I'd written that- Didn't
1: take credit for
0: it. <laughs> it uh, well, I wrote that really at, at the at the first beginning of the first days of the war in Ukraine. At the time I was uh, interning as a uh, political consultant and financial consultant in Brussels. And a lot of my clients, there at the company I was working for, were centered on what's going on uh, in Russia and what the sanctions meant for for their business and their operations in the EU. So at the time, I was incredibly uh, pessimistic, of course, because where the war would end was completely uncertain. Uh, and without getting into the totally nitty-gritty here, I think young people have... Uh, A lot to look forward to, but in in a strange way, because the situation that, especially us in Europe, we're called to requires grit, determination and young people to, to step up and to really take part in, in their fields. I don't think there's been another time in recent history when people, and especially young people have had this calling to do more because there's a lot at risk. So in a strange way, I find that very inspirational, I think. And I think a lot of other young people do as well.
1: Do you feel any more optimistic uh, than when you wrote this? Since you know February, things have changed a lot. Yeah, the
0: the situation in the war has changed a lot, and it's changed in in a way that, uh, of course, with every human life is a massive tragedy that's that occurs when a human life is lost. But uh, the war is now moving into a longer war a war of attrition as some predicted in the beginning and it seems to be contained uh, in in ukraine the worries at the beginning were especially my worries that russia would move into a more aggressive uh, stance Mm -hmm. in the baltics Mm -hmm. with belarus and now it seems to to have centered on that of course what still worries me is the question of energy and i think that's on the minds of a lot of people now especially people who pay bills, mm-hmm. um, even even in the UK, where they've said it's not a question of supply, it's a question of price. People are gonna be paying for the next six quarters, upwards of 2,000 pounds on average for their heating bills of, a, of an average house in the UK. That, the energy, still keeps me a bit pessimistic. The fact is that a lot of people are gonna have to pay a lot of money that they were already stretched. Um, so that that does concern me.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and through your studies, you must know that most of the wars uh, were fought over energy supplies and resources. So this yeah. is particularly critical in yeah. this stage. Well, recently you were appointed as the secretary for external affairs of the Ecumenical Patriarchate of uh, Constantinople. Talk to us about this career change and about the particular task you have undertaken. Congratulations, uh, oh, first of all.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm not holding on to the title for a long time. I, I wanted to offer my services on a on a voluntary basis to the Mother Church in, in Constantinople, and uh, I was lucky enough to be appointed uh, secretary for external uh, relations and affairs in the English office, which is uh is the external relations so to speak department of the patriarchate, so
1: which is based in which is
0: of course based in istanbul in the fanar and we work very closely with his all holiness uh patriarch bartholomew uh on a whole variety of issues ranging from the balikli uh, hospital fire uh in August uh and and raising mm-hmm. the necessary funds with that coordinating with uh international partners mm-hmm. on various issues such as you know having to having to organize the first conference of Orthodox youth uh
1: in Turkey mm-hmm.
0: uh which was a pretty large conference of all the young Orthodox Christians Around Turkey to come together,
1: and and your role is to be part of the team that organizes it.
0: Yeah, well, it already happened. Uh, uh, Happened, and and I I should clarify: I'm now not uh, working at the patriarchate. I I am working purely as a in an ad hoc capacity and Mm -hmm. ready to offer any assistance I can. But for the month of August, I was uh, officially secretary for external affairs. Mm Did, the, did you have a chance picture. to uh, meet with patriarch of, of course we worked very closely on a large number of files and external uh, communications uh, especially you know he has this power about him and also this this immense responsibility to be one amongst equals uh, in in the orthodox world and uh, it's a very challenging Political and theological uh, landscape to, to navigate, especially as a myself being non non-cler- a non-cleric, not having studied theology. I thought I'd go in there as kind of this black sheep, not really belonging there, not wearing the the not being a man of the cloth, as they say in English. Uh, but actually, it was a very welcoming environment, somewhere where my skills and knowledge from the outside world was uh, truly valued.
1: Uh, Well, that was my next question. I mean, how does your studies in history, politics, EU affairs, economics prepare you for this position? I mean, what kind of skills did you put in work there? I think having a keen understanding of, of history,
0: especially in the region and generally internationally, and the key understanding of how politics works on an international basis Uh, lends itself brilliantly Mm -hmm. to being able to produce communications for an institution that is, let's not forget, one of the most ancient in in the world. Um, I mean, Patriarch Bartholomew is uh, considered to be the protector of the Byzantine throne, which was a bit intimidating walking into my first meeting uh, with him. Uh, But uh, really, it's extremely valuable to have studied history when, when you're writing letters to Joe Biden uh, about all sorts of things that you need to write about.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's truly remarkable that a young person like yourself holds such a responsible position in one of the world's most significant organizations. How has it affected your outlook of the world and how can you make a more meaningful contribution? What would you hope your mark will be? Oof.
0: That's, a, that's a difficult question. I hope my mark there would be that I was someone who was able to offer my services, to offer my assistance voluntarily, and to give my all to an organization that I care deeply about, and to offer a positive and slightly modern approach to to the church's relations. As we know, the world is evolving, and in a way the church also is evolving, and in the way it communicates. Of course, I I have nothing to say about its ecclesiastical practices, which are ancient and Mm -hmm. remain Mm -hmm. unchanged, but in its communications, in its attitude towards the world, I hope that I brought a more current uh, way of of doing things. I think my my outlook on the world is that uh, this experience has sort of evolved in my mind and has given me a new perspective because I came from, before this I was in Fleischmann-Hillert, a public affairs company in Brussels. It's a completely different world. You know, the issues on my mind at the time was really the economic implications of the war, the sanctions policies of the European Union, uh, inflation and ECB policy. And then uh, within a week of my internship finishing there, I was thrust into this new role um, that had a completely different basis. We're no longer worried about everyday politics. We're worried about ecclesiastical affairs. It's a completely different world, and I think this has broadened my mind in the sense to to understand that there is, of course, a world outside of finance, and there's a world outside of the church, and 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 I think that politics is omnipresent in in in, in that sense. But uh, it was another experience that gave me a unique insight, and I'm deeply privileged in that a unique insight into uh, institution and church that I'm both a part mm-hmm. of and, and care about deeply.
1: Odysee Dick Basanis, class of 2019. Thank you for stopping by and please be around. Thank you, John, it was a pleasure.
0: This has been the alumni edition of the OWLcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to the OWLcast on Google Podcast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio.